Step one, you make some stuff. Step two, you sell some stuff. Step three is what this show is all about. Hello and welcome to step three. And this week, I am your host, as always, Ian Wilson, creative director at Build Create Studios. We make websites and cool shit like that. Um, We'll be swearing in this episode, so we're just going to, like, fucking go all out with it. Um, This is about toxic work environments and just felt like getting our cuss words on this week. So that's what we're going to do. All right. So, like I said, we'll be talking about toxic work environments because I think everybody has that experience at some point or another where there's just nothing but negativity in the air and you wake up in the morning and you're like, what fresh hell awaits me today? Um, you know, sometimes the whole environment sucks. Sometimes you just have a coworker that drives you crazy. Sometimes your boss is a psychopath and you can't help but let it affect you. Uh, and it's something that's, you know, for a lot of us stays with us for quite a long time, but you know, what positive things can we take away from it? So before we dive into the positive, we're going to, you know, just share some horror stories so that everybody's on the same page. And this week I am joined by Matthew, my marketing director. How's it going? And we've just had some spectacularly toxic experiences. So we thought it would be a good idea to, to, to pair us together and see what sort of shitstorm develops out of that. So to jump right in, the first question on my agenda is, what was the first real taste of toxicity in a work environment? This could be, you know, ages ago. This could be last week. <laughs> whatever, whatever really, you know, uh, showed you what it's like to work for someone and live in fear all the time. So, uh, well, I, I think for me, I, I've had a, a pattern of this. I don't know if it stems from purely low self-esteem or, um, you know, bad luck. I'm leaning more towards low self-esteem, and so I'll just take it. Okay. Uh, so but probably my my earliest uh, work history real trashing was I worked uh, I worked at like a pizza place uh, in my early 20s, probably late teens, early 20s. I was running the kitchen, and the owner, um, he had anger management issues. Oh, no. But, but he was also uh, like a former college football player. Oh, okay. So he was a massive, massive motherfucker. Yeah. And so he was just intrinsically scary. <laughs> <laughs> and he I would get, that. if things were, were you know, if something messed up, he, he had a tendency to throw pizzas. Like, okay. Like at you. All like right. At the just wall. Just like Walter whiting it up on just the wall. Just of. absolutely, you know, obliterate the walls. Uh, in some sort of Jackson Pollock painting, <laughs> and that was his. Um, that was his means of of dealing with stress. That was his love language. Yeah, that was his love language. So you 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 just took it. I mean, what are you going to do? He's, he's paying you a whole seven twenty five an hour. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you owe him. Yeah, and I've got oh, absolutely, and I have you know, you've got two kids to feed uh, and no education, so you're uh, my my natural pro- proclivity was to just simply. You know, take the emotional fear all the time and yeah. wait, wait until he quit working for the day. <laughs> Yay! Oh man, that's wow. I feel like I'm in like a lifetime movie right now. Um, all right, so for me, I like I did. I worked like I mentioned in a previous episode. I did work in a horse barn for a while. My boss was kind of crazy there, but I was really more scared of the horses than anything else. So I wouldn't really say that it was toxic. But when I worked 
for a job I had during college, my boss was an engineer. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let that just hang in the air for a minute. Mm -hmm. My boss was an engineer. Um, and he, he wasn't a bad guy. Like, honestly, he was like, there are some things I respected about him. He was like a nice family man. He, he really, he looked after us to some degree, but at the same time he was also an engineer. So nothing was ever good enough. And if I was like, Hey, this just isn't possible. He'd be like, uh, all, all I'm hearing from you is a lot of no can do. And I was like, you're right. I can't do it. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it, buddy. You absolutely nailed it. I do have limitations as a human. Um, and that was, yeah, one of those, one of those, uh, that was when I was trying to find the perfect mixture of blue. And that's where I memorized so many CMYK formulas so that I wouldn't get yelled at because something was too purple. Um, and that wasn't, that got, you know, that was, that was a good introduction to toxicity. Um, but things always, you know, we can always, we can always do better than that. So what was the worst example? Like Uh, the absolute uh, highlight reel, the top 10 greatest hits of being treated like shit by the people who you work for. Yeah. Um, well it depends upon what you want to constitute as, because there's so many levels of, of of fear and humiliation. humiliation. (laughs) So I'll go with like more of like the physical fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working, uh, so I've worked a, a number of really, um, blissfully shitty jobs <laughs> in my in my tenure uh, but one of them was i was a cabinet maker and a cabinet finisher okay yeah i made custom cabinetry oh, and furniture sweet yeah you would think so until you met the um, insane boss and he we were he was he was a notorious shit starter um he was a notorious like he'd say whatever he wanted you just couldn't say anything back yeah um, but yes. after a year or so i finally like mustered the courage to joke at him and made uh, an erectile dysfunction joke. He was much older. And, <laughs> oh, no. And um, Don't come between a man and a Cialis. Yeah. So um, apparently this was a real, real pain point for him because he reared back his fist on a break, like a lunch break. We're out there smoking after lunch, and he just rears back his fist and comes at me to hit me. And all I could do was pray that he did. Because I wanted him gone oh, yeah. as a as a boss, I'm like, you know, please, please hit me because I want your job. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even better. I don't want to work for you right. anymore. So I was praying that he hit me, and I think that that was when it comes to sheer fear. Like I've had, you know, I, I was a house painter, and I had this like crazy asshole um, marine, former marine, as a boss who would like he didn't believe in safety. Um, <laughs> that was that was like toxic in that you're 30 feet off the ground and what's between you is a two by 12 and yeah. 30 feet of air. Well, I mean, what are you a pussy or something? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that was his thing. Like, like he, he didn't believe in safety. Yeah. He, and so, yeah, so that was, but yeah, from a, from a, from a sheer, like, I really don't want to come to work anymore. <laughs> that was, that was probably the, the, the one. Yeah. That, that would do it. Yeah. The, the threat of physical harm was just too much. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I felt with the horses, but I mean, they're, they're just crazy. They were just crazy inbred dressage. So horses, was he. So. Ironically. Oh my God. Okay. I was reeling from that. Oh God. Worst example from my career. Um, I mean, there's so many things, but I think, I think one of them that always sticks with me was when I first started working at my first real web development job. Um, 
And that was the one where it was like, your boss would walk up behind you and be like, oh my God, what are you doing? What, what, what's wrong with you? Why would you do it that way? Or, or don't just leave that up on your desktop. What, what if, because like the person we were working on their project for was like, we shared a building with them. Like, mm-hmm. what if they walked behind you and saw that it wasn't perfect all the time? Like, like you can't just leave stuff that's unfinished sitting up on your desk. And I'm like, how am I supposed to work on it if I can't show an unfinished thing? You started finished. That's, yeah, exactly. That's so the plan always. I th- and I eventually got like roped into drawing a cartoon kangaroo as a mascot for one of the clients, and I just I just wanted to keep that job because it was like my first salary job. It got um, it got me moved back from Grand Rapids to Ann Arbor, and it was it was it was good or something. But uh, so I basically so I work I. I would, it's one of those jobs you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you're like, how am I going to do this? And then you throw up, and you look back in the mirror, and you're like, I don't know, but I'm going to have to figure out some way to survive another day with like just the constant abuse and put-downs. And I worked myself sick. I just had a fever for like a week and a half, just like a steady like 9,900-degree fever. Mm. And I would email him and be like, I don't know. I can't come in. I'm like, I'm feverish. I'm loopy. And he was like, well, I mean, well... I mean, I, I, had a, I had a fever of 102, but I mean, I came in. I don't know. I don't know what you're complaining about. I mean, you just got to come in and work. And I'm like, you're seriously telling me that I should have like 101 fever, that I'm sick because I have like a chest infection, and that I should just come into work and grin and bear it because you did? Like, you're definitely not paying me enough money for that. And like, how, why would you say that to anyone? Like, what's wrong with you? So it's like rubs um, some dirt in it, like your dad on the baseball field kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, exactly. It was just like... Just walk it off, son. Yeah, I never, like, hated anything. I never felt that true, like, fear of, like, I'm just struggling to stay working. And, and uh, you know, I never really had anything shake my confidence to that degree before then. Because I was always, like, the indispensable employee that was great at everything and helped out and was a real asset to the business. And now I'm just, like, suddenly being treated like garbage. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, like, what am I doing wrong? Um, you know, I had another boss that, like, when I told him I was leaving, didn't speak to me for six weeks because he's a grown-up. And, yeah, I mean, super mature move there. But, uh yeah, I think the one that stuck with me was just being sick and then being told, like, no, you have to work anyway, even though, like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was fun. Um, I don't know. Well, what, what else you got? We have other questions, but let's just, let's just, let's ramble a second. Yeah. No, I, I had a similar a experience with uh, my last position, uh, which was I had to go to a, a dental conference, and it was... It was like two or three winters ago. I don't know. Time flies. Um, and we had like three feet of snow the night before. Nice. And I'm having to drive like an hour and a half. On a good day, it would have been an hour and a half. Yeah. And I'm leaving at like five in the morning, and oh I literally God. don't know what the road is. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm turning around. I do not want to die. I made it like three miles out of town. And I called and said, hey, I just I can't do it. And you would think that I had had basically just quit. I had just like I was I was I was definitely felt like there was so much guilt. And I, I don't know about you, but I that's probably the most toxic thing is if you feel guilty for you know yes someone rears back so you have some fear. Those are those are wonderful examples of toxicity, but it's yeah. the daily guilt. 
that, you know, well, why aren't you doing this? Or how, why aren't you perfect? Yeah. Why aren't you doing more? Don't you care? Yeah. Yeah. That I think is, is definitely more soul sucking than just a one-off. Hey, here's a funny story about a, a a football player who throws pizzas around. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's, I think that that's what truly is toxicity is when it's, it's not just a one-off it's, Mm. you can blow those off. And then I always go, well, why the fuck do I stay doing this? Mm. Because I'm guessing when they told you you were sick, you didn't quit the next day. You didn't go, you know what? Screw this guy. But you put up with it for another six months, no, eight months. I, I, I put up for it for another two years. Yeah, for another, exactly. And it, it didn't get better. So nah. what is it? What is it psychologically that says yeah. I'm going to? I'm going to? I am not worth standing up for myself and and and. Saying, you know what, peace out. You you want to be a douche canoe? You just go find another, you know, punching bag. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Just become their punching bag. So I think, well, you know, what it comes down to is we tolerate it because we're just. I mean, I, 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 it's kind of like how I talked about in the first episode about imposter syndrome. It was really like, um, you mean you're so passionate about something, you put yourself into it, you take everything really personally. And it's just impossible to, to disconnect those things. And when it's like, when it's you, you feel like it's you personally on the line. You're just you, you're you're just invested to a stupid degree. And I do mean stupid degree because yeah. you're like in an abusive relationship. So what I want to do now is actually because one of the things that that's happened to me over the years is as I've grown past these experiences and put time between them, the lessons I learned from them at the time are different from the lessons I learned from them now. Mm. Like for example. Um, you know, I used to think that my first job there with the guy making me feel guilty for being sick just turned me into, like, a badass who can, you know, do anything because I was put through a trial by fire. And later I realized, no, I succeeded in spite of that. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me tons of issues to work to continue to work through. So are there any, like, positive learnings you've taken away from these experiences that, you know, over time you've come to see that, okay, I can actually take this and make it something where I can not repeat those mistakes or otherwise be more cognizant of what's going on? Well, I haven't punched any of you guys here yet, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, or even reared back yet. So um, I've learned to manage how to not do that. <laughs> um, no, the positives I'd say that I've that I pulled away are, you know, it's it's like your parents. You know, you you go when you if you become a new parent, you um, you're like I'm going to not do the things that my parents did, mm. or and it, you just you just simply take those those small little. You know, uh, yes, you're going to run into the same issues when it comes to um, your your you're going to have employees to work with. You're mm-hmm. going to have, and you're just I'm not going to do this thing. You know, I, I'm still going to have employees, or I'm going to have coworkers that make mistakes in emails, or they mm-hmm. they you know don't do everything perfectly. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> not it. And you don't have to treat someone like, you know, they're scumbag just because they, they make a mistake. It's much quicker to just go, all right, I'll fix this mistake mm-hmm. than it is to point it out, show it to the person, go, hey, do you see the five errors that you made? And if they don't in the first 30 seconds, then, you know, you're going to, you know, berate them. Yeah. You know, I think that that's the, the most positive thing is that you just, you just stop the cycle, mm-hmm. you know. And that's um, so you're making a, another workplace a better place to work than what you came from. Yeah, remembering remembering to put positive reinforcement first is always uh, something to, especially with, especially with kids when they're just like, 
being real assholes. <laughs> and you're like, no, I gotta, I gotta turn this into something else. Um, are there any things that you learned that you thought were good ideas at the time, but later you learned were actually just really bad ideas? Like, like how I thought that, you know, I survived a trial by fire and that's great, but really it was just, no, you survived, but you could do the same thing without being tortured. I don't have to craft the perfect, perfect email mm-hmm. every single time I interact with a client. Yeah, I got I'd that say that too. that is my probably the biggest thing I had to break is that I didn't have to write a a novello mm. explaining literally everything and have it be in perfect grammar because for the most part the person that's reading it is just glancing through that shit and doesn't care. Yeah, they, and they, really don't. they they have their preconceived notions and then they're gonna wash away anything that doesn't meet that. Mm-hmm. And you just wasted an hour of your life for. No, for a minimal reaction. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was a big, you know, I, I thought I had to be perfect. I worked really hard at being perfect, the <laughs> yes. perfect emailer. Oh, yeah, and we got yelled at for our emails as well. Testify, like, brother. Yeah, I mean, it was like, oh, God, it was such, yeah, there's like hours spent crafting the perfect email to be as inoffensive as possible, but still questioning things. And it's like, no, no, no. No, I, I understand. Simple. I'm going to snort a line of Xanax after this because <laughs> you just triggered the shit out of me. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I think that was a that was a, that was a big lesson because that was just something that was so ingrained in us too, and it was like no, 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 no. One extra information. People have their own jobs too. They're not looking to become an expert on your job. Most mm-hmm. of the time, they just want like a simple answer. They don't need a whole explanation. And they certainly don't need to be perfect because they're going to respond like K and then a smiley face from Outlook. So they'll render us a J in Gmail and you just learn that mm-hmm. capital J's are smiley faces. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so what are some ways that maybe you've contributed to it, whether you were aware of it or not, but like at the time, maybe you didn't realize that, oh, I was like, um, yeah, maybe not necessarily improving the situation. Um, I'll go back to the cabinet shop on that one. I knew I was not contributing. Um, the The... I had a, a woman quit after two days because I was training her to do her job, and I trained her the same way that I was trained. Mm. And she apparently had more um, uh, self worth than I did because she quit after two days. Because um, I literally treated her the same way that I was treated mm. by my manager, and she was like, yeah, "No, uh, I'm done," and, you know. And she'd go home crying the first night. It was terrible. And I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. The reason I did was because I was so afraid that if she knew how to do my job, I'd lose my job. Yeah. Not that we were expanding. It was just like there was this. The fear is It thick. was the fear. Yeah. The fear was thick. And I think that that's, that's probably what, you know, that's obviously what drove me to act like a total asshole and perpetuate that cycle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. My problem is that I'm an angry, depressed, anxious, sarcastic asshole, and mm. I have to uh, I have to rein that in and try to be more constructive, um, usually when responding to feedback, definitely. Yeah. Is, is, I think that's the, every creative person's problem. And you throw in programming on top of it, too, and you have the recipe for, like, a really stubborn dick. Yeah. Um, so every day it's like, no, everything's just just respond constructively. Nothing. Yeah. So it's it's a thing, but it's something we, we, all, we all have to work on. And uh, so, I mean, toxic envir- working environments happen. It's... Sure. I don't think there's any way to avoid it. I think that everybody needs a therapist to help them work through their shit before they bring it in the office and like perpetuate it upon the people around them. Uh, but most of the time, if you're in that situation, you're 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 kind of stuck. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's your you know you're not it's not your job to sort out the emotional issues of your colleagues and and boss you you're you're worth more than than that and um you know, the important thing that i've learned is whether it's a toxic work environment or a toxic client or just anything toxic really that's like sucking the energy out of you is to one distance yourself from it and and find a way to do what you love doing without being tormented but also to when you internalize you know what happened to try and use it as an opportunity to grow um you know there was uh, one of my bosses i didn't really i that he was a horrible person and i'll get into that in a second with our closing stories but um you know i thought i had learned some good business lessons from him um over time, I realized that was not the case. Actually, they were quite bad. But uh, you know, again, it's something—it's something I learned. And for, for for a minute there, I had internalized it as something positive. But then I realized it was rubbish, and I had to unlearn that. But um, still, I'm glad everyone could be there for this little story time. We're gonna have two little more little venti stories, and uh, and then I'll, I'll set you all free. Awesome. So, <clears throat> one of the things that we're gonna talk about is like that we had we were we were discussing earlier was, um, the thing that made it, you, you were done. Yeah. And, um, that you finally realized this is a totally toxic environment. And, and in one of my, in my, my, my previous, uh, employment, uh, we had an instance where one of the staff came in after lunch, um, had been, uh, partaking and vibing. We all were having a few drinks, but this person definitely, Took it a step further, yeah, yeah, and came back from a, um, you know, from the the lunch and just berated everyone. Just came in, yelling and telling people they were uninspiring. <laughs> <clears throat> it was beautiful. Oh my god! And the the real thing that proved the toxicity wasn't the fact that she came in on this one time under extenuating circumstances, completely shit hammered and acted like a total. It was that it was the fact that we were all scared to go to the boss Mm. because of the relationship between the boss and this, this person that we were, you know, I finally mustered up the courage and it was like everybody else was like, you know, you got the one guy up front in the battle scenes Mm. and everyone else is like sitting there going, Okay, but we're all gonna fucking die. <laughs> that was that was everyone's sentiment in there, and they all stood out in the hallway and waited for me to get done telling the boss after he came back from whatever he was doing that. Oh, by the way, this happened just as an FYI, mm. and that's the toxicity. It's not the one-off pizza throw. It's not the one-off uh, raising the fist. Mm-hmm. It's the persistent fear that you can't you can't speak up about it that really creates toxicity in an environment. And that was, that was like the breaking point for me. I was, I was definitely trying to get, find my way out the door. Luckily I was shoved. Um, (laughs) I was, it was the happiest. I swear it was the happiest day of my life when they called up and said, I was homesick and I, and I got called up and told that, you know, I was, they were done with, with me working there. And, it was a combination of like the happiest shocked day of my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and not come in tomorrow actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was, oh, yeah, man. that was, that was, it was beautiful. I, um, but it's what led me here. 
um, to a very non-toxic environment. <laughs> and it took a little getting used to. I'll be honest with you. The first few months here, I was like, I was waiting for, for Eric or for you to like come unhinged on something. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody's yelling. Nobody's sending shitty emails. What is this? What is this place? What is wrong with these people? Don't they understand we have a business to run? You can't run a business like this. How are you guys productive and profitable if you if you don't treat people like crap? Right. No, we just yell about like nerdy things like movie inaccuracies and yeah. and pop music sticks that we don't like, like clapping and yeah. shouting or whatever. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's what we've tried to do is uh, is really focus on on, on on positive reinforcement. I'm not always the best at that, but that's what I try to uh, try to focus on. I think we were sipping a little bit of haterade this episode, but the point is, it's possible to get to a better place. You don't have to persist in hating your job and being afraid of people you work with or work for. It's it's not acceptable. It's not something you need to tolerate. Um, but it's going to happen. And the important thing is to take all these lessons, uh, appreciating the people around you, making sure to encourage and build up the people around you instead of tearing them down, not punching people, uh, um, creating an environment of trust where you're able to come to your colleagues and boss with concerns because you're safe in the knowledge that you're all, you know, succeeding or failing together. Um, these are the, these are the things you, you can, you can think about and take away that are positive instead of dwelling on how terrible it was. So, and sometimes it takes dwelling on how fucking awful it was to, to recognize that, wow, like that, letting someone treat me like that is now a totally alien concept. And you realize that you've, you've gotten yourself to a much better place. So, uh, thanks again, everyone for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed and empathized and sympathized and, Whatever. All so, I'll, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, cath- cath- cathartisign. Yeah, cathartisign. This cathartisign. was cathartic. Yeah, it was a cathartic. So, um, share your cathartic stories with me at podcast at buildcreate.com. Uh, hop on over to buildcreate.com slash step three for those wonderful ratings and reviews. They are immensely helpful in letting us not disappear into the mire of the iTunes podcast rating system. And I will see you next week. See ya. Thank you.